No, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We also know that we are born broken people. As we get older, we're sinners, unfit for heaven, not destined for heaven. But God sent his son, Jesus Christ, so there's steps we have to take. We have to say, Lord, forgive me, because I'm a sinner. We have to then turn our life over and say, Lord, I want your identity. I want you in my heart. And then the baptism, I mean, excuse me, the ministry of repentance is we repent and we don't live that way anymore, but to the best of our abilities, we live according to the scriptures. So he says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? Oh, he's talking to us. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? We are sent people. That is why the scriptures say from Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Lord Jesus. I heard a pastor once say, if it was just all about salvation, once we got saved, we should die. But that's not it. That's just the beginning of the journey. We're supposed to grow in our relationship with you. One of the things that we heard as Linda encouraged us this morning is we need to go in deeper. We don't have to. You don't twist our arms, but we will fall short, come up lacking. You're asking us to go deeper with you. And as we do, we are to share our lives with other people, Lord. So I thank you for that, Lord, and I pray that you would help us today. In your name, amen. I remember in the early 80s, North Carolina State won the national basketball championship, and their coach was Jim Vervano. He was a fiery Italian man. So they win, and everybody's congratulating everybody except him. And if you look at the video, he's running around the court saying, I gotta hug somebody. So I don't know if he hugs the water boy or what, but it's kind of hysterical. You see this coach who just, his team won the championship, the pinnacle, and he can't find anybody to celebrate with. I got better news in me than the national championship in NCAA basketball. And as Christians, we are called to tell unbelievers about our faith. Now, I know there are different personalities. I know there's some people in this church, and please don't point fingers, you know if they open a conversation with you, you're going to be there a while. And there's other people that are more reserved and quiet. We're all made God's way. Extroverts are to be extroverts for Jesus. Introverts are to be introverts for Jesus, but you're still got to tell people about the Lord. 
it seems to be easier for some people than others. Some people do have more of the gift of evangelism than others, but that, that does not release us from the fact that we are called to tell people about Jesus. So today I'm talking about we are saved and we are sent. My first point, who, me? Yes, you. If you love Jesus and you are breathing, you got to let people know about your Savior. Jesus came for one reason and one reason alone, to offer salvation to man. And the fact is, heaven exists, but so does hell. If you have Jesus, you have heaven. If you don't, you have hell. Now, why is that true? Because you have to be holy and righteous and perfect to go to heaven. I'm not perfect, but I got perfected August 10th, 1979, or somewhere around there. Am I still perfect? In God's eyes, I'm righteous because I said, Jesus, come into my life. He looks down, he sees Jesus. Like I said, you know what? We're going to spruce up the church and the company we hired, praise God, is going to, um, they're, they're doing a new website for us. <laughs> That's not going to fill our seats. I mean, I'm not into this. I'm not into marketing. And they said, hey, we want to take a picture of you and your elders and put it in the paper. And I told somebody, that ain't me. And they said, yeah, maybe it should be. So I'm praying about that. I even may fast overnight for that. But I'm just thinking, okay, Lord, what is it you want? Our goal is to fill these seats, not with people from other churches, but with new people. But to do that, we need your help. Our goal is to let those living in darkness know the great light. This past week, our small groups, I passed out an article that talked about encouraging us to share our faith. We have to engage. We have to look for opportunities. You know, um, there's a song, I think Hillsong does it, Break My Heart with what breaks yours. That's the cry of my heart. Lord, you're brokenhearted over these people that don't know you. Let me be the same way. Um, I did a funeral for an old friend yesterday in Peterborough. It was my brother-in-law's ex-wife, the mother of our niece and two nephews. It's kind of weird going back to the church I got married in almost 43 years ago. You know, and I go back and I'm seeing high school classmates. It's always funky how they interact with me now that I'm clergy. Do you know how heartbreaking it is to watch people try to navigate funerals? To, to be up there and sharing the good news and you see the tears and you see the heartache and your heart's breaking and you just want to shout, you need Jesus. He's the answer. Why does James say we are but a mist in 414? Because compared to eternity, our lives are just a mist. And I admit, was it interesting to get up there and start the funeral with, I'm sorry, Jimmy back in the corner, 
boy, do you remember the old Dick Bowman? You know, and, and, and the enemies, remember this? I'm, no, I'm not going to remember that because that's the old man. My goal yesterday was to be merciful, but I offered salvation. God says, Jesus tells us he surpasses, he gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. But I want to tell you, we are in a new season, new covenant, and God is really asking us to share. Please don't beat yourself up. I like what Randy spoke on last week about condemnation. You know, the, I was praying about some stuff God's telling me to do lately, and I said, Lord, I looked at the past. He said, no, I'm not here to beat you up. I don't want you to feel bad about your past. I want you to feel encouraged for your future. And I thought it was funny. I was studying this part of Romans, and I, I just was on the Internet looking through old folders, and from years and years ago, I came across uh, teaching Mike Bartholomew did on this. So I, I just read through it a little bit. But um, it's encouraging. God is speaking to us. The second point Okay, so Dad, next point is engage. We need to engage. Jesus instructs us to take up our cross and deny ourselves. What does this mean? I hate to tell you, it's really not about you. And it's not about me either. One thing that doesn't preach well in our country is self-denial. Say no to yourself. On so many different levels, God wants us to engage with other people. Lifestyle evangelism, lifestyle engagement is a key thing. Let's quit using grace in a very, excuse me, demonic way. Grace does not mean I get to live my life my way because God is going to forgive me anyways. No, that's not God. God did away with the Old Testament when Jesus came. I'm still supposed to live that way. We're called to be righteous. Well, that's okay. I'm a big guy. I can go watch that movie. Maybe you shouldn't. I can talk like this. Maybe you shouldn't. I can consume this. Maybe you shouldn't. Sometimes I'm asked, why do you talk so much about sexuality? Look at our society and how it has invaded the church. Newsflash, God created sex. I think he knows what it's all about. What does Philippians say? Think of others as better than yourself. What does that mean? Paul says, if me eating meat is going to bug you, I'm going to eat fruits and vegetables my whole life. Wow. I hope God never speaks that to me. I understand sharing your faith brings anxiety. It's been said, word, I mean, actions speak louder than words, but we need both. You know, yeah, people are going to watch your life and they want to know what it's all about, but that doesn't give you a pass from opening your lips and telling people about your faith in Jesus Christ. Will they resist you sometimes? Yes, because the scriptures say the darkness resists the light. So it's really not you they're resisting. It's Christ. I, even at the service yesterday, I saw people I've known for years, I love, and it, because of what I represent, sometimes there's a, 
Let's pull it back a little bit. Linda kind of, when she talked about Oswald Chambers, it reminded me of one of the points I wanted to make was, God never calls us to do things we can accomplish on our own. Does that require faith? I don't think so. So God calls us to do things that we look at it and we say, yeah, I can't do that. God goes, yeah, I know. But one of the points that Randy hit, and I just want to touch quickly, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So let go of your past. Let go of your failures. God is saying, come on, jump off the bungee cord because there's a new day and I got you. As he pushes it again. Okay. I might need help here. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know what that doesn't mean? I can go on Lake Ontario. I can walk on water. I can do this. I can pick up snakes. Hey, why don't you misuse that scripture and tell me how it works for you? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What does that mean, Pastor? It means when he tells me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with other people, I can do that with his strength. I can walk forward, and I can engage, and I can be a messenger for the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hands. Do you want to see revival in Oswego, New York, and in the country of the United States of America? Okay, half of you do. Guess what? He's going to use this. Not my mouth. He's going to use your mouth. We want revival, but we have to trust Jesus with it. You know, um, we have to be all in, but then we have to be all out. We have to be all in for Jesus, but we have to be all out in that community telling people about God. I've been asked, what is your vision for New Covenant? Been the same thing for the last 13 years. We grow closer to Jesus, we surrender to him, and by our lifestyles and our words, we tell others about God. It's all about discipleship. That's a key word for this year, which is God saying, come in deeper. He does not want you to be comfortable. Well, I got my schedule so I can go to these meetings. Sorry, is God, what's God telling you to do? I had somebody tell me this week, he's, he asked me for advice. I met with him in this huge decision. This is what I think. This is what my wife thinks. And I listened and I listened. Then I just said, what's God saying? I listened to my wife. She's a wise woman. She'd beat me over the head if I didn't listen to God before I listened to her. Because guess what? Sometimes me saying yes to God puts my family in a very uncomfortable place. In fact, sometimes they go through suffering because I say yes to God, but I have to trust him. So we have to have discipleship. We have to have commitment. That's, let's not be like the people that join the gym for a month, then they quit going ever again. In fact, it's, what's today, 22nd? Probably some of them have already quit going. Let's day after day after day. Keep going. Engagement. We need to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You ever read this scripture? 
Jesus calls this guy. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. I want to read something by Pastor Greg Laurie. I get this daily devotion from him, and he he wrote something about this, which part of it I didn't know. If he didn't understand the culture of the day, it would seem rather heartless of the Lord to say what he said. Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Jesus had just called someone to follow him, but the man replied, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. It would seem to us the man's father just died and he was getting ready to bury him. That wasn't the case. This was a Near Eastern figure of speech referring to a son's responsibility to help his father in the family business until the father died and gave the inheritance. So when Jesus said, follow me, it appears the man already was a believer and this was a call to service. It seems as though the Lord was calling him to a deeper level of commitment. Seems familiar. But this person was making excuses. Okay, I'm not going to read any more of that. Point made. God is calling us deeper. Every one of you, if you have a mouth, you have an excuse. Even if you don't have a mouth, we all have excuses. There are so many things that compete for our attention. Sometimes it's family. Family should never come before you're answering God. I have always viewed it like God gave me my family. If he calls me to do something, I need to trust him with my family. Here's a hard question. It's one Cynthia, when we were at the school, asked us one year, Lord, what do you want? Lord, each one of us need to say, God, what do you want? If you're aged and you remember Pastor Mike Stahl, above that curtain was a banner that said, What? Vision of Swego. Lord, give us the harvest. That's still our vision. He wants to do it. We pray, Lord, I want to see revival. Sometimes, nobody in this room, you complain about the government, you should be praying about your salvation. Lord, we want you to move in a swego. He says, yes, I want to. What are you going to do about it? We just want the fairy dust of heaven, forgive me for being sarcastic, to come down, then everybody's saved. These mouths is how God gets saved. I shared with somebody yesterday, you know, my mother got saved because I did a homework assignment, a reading, a, a, a tract to somebody, which happened to be my mother, because she's the last non-Christian I was going to see before class, and God saved her. It wasn't me. I had a very impure motive. It was to get my homework done. Step forward. Is it not intimidating to share your faith? One of the things I told my home group this week, pray, who is the one person God wants you to talk to this week? I thought I had a pass because I was going to do a funeral with a whole bunch of people. 
So I'm out doing errands on Friday night. I see this guy I don't even know. God says, oh, I want you to share with him. Did I tell you I didn't know him? I, I do not have a golden spoon in my mouth. Some people, they just know what to say. I did chapel in church on Friday, at the school on Friday. And you know what was really cool? When I got all done, Dave Paredes, the principal, he got up and he just tied it all in together for the kids. And I thought, that was so cool. You know, I mean, I, mean, I stammer. I have speech defects in the past. But got to, yeah, I, I want you to go talk to that guy. Tell him about me. So I went over and I struck up a conversation. Just talking to him, asking him about himself. Because I read somewhere, be quick to listen and slow to speak. So I'm listening to him. And then he's, also, I need to tell me about some hardships. I said, man, let me, you know, this Jesus Christ, it's a real thing. And I shared my faith with him. He goes, man, you're the, you're the third person that's told me that. Do you think God might be speaking to you? Well, I'm not ready. That's okay. So I prayed, I, I prayed with him. Will you be open? Because when we say God show me, he's not going to say that ain't a prayer. I'm not answering. I'm going to wait. God goes, I'm going to show you. So I prayed with him. We, we talked some more. Then he told me, yeah, one person, I think he thought he was Jesus. I said, well, no, I'm not there. I'm just telling you about Jesus. How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. The result is not up to me. I did what God called me to do. I did what God called me to do. The result is up to the person who receives it. Will he be open to the movement of the Holy Spirit? Was I uncomfortable? I was. Guess what? If I had a cure for cancer, I'd be telling everybody about it. Romans 10, 16, the next verse, Paul writes, but not everyone welcomes the good news. So we have to realize that. But there are some steps we can take. You need to pray. Years ago, I was a counselor in a Billy Graham crusade in Syracuse, and Billy Graham said, when you want to share the gospel for somebody, there's three things you got to do. You got to pray, then you got to pray, then you got to pray. So we need to pray. And I, I read this recently, number two, because I am not somebody. I, I write my notes out because I get myself in trouble up here when I speak that's not on the paper sometimes. Practice. I never know what to say to people. Well, when you're alone, practice. Look in the mirror. Just talk about your salvation and what Jesus did for you. Get comfortable talking about that. You know, in preaching class, when you first start preaching, they teach you, and sometimes, I still do this, you, you write it out, then you go through it. Then you pray about who to reach out to, and you invest in them. And the best thing you can do when you invest is to ask questions about them and to listen, like the gentleman I was talking to Friday night. I learned all about him. We talked, and I said, hey, you know, God put you on my heart. This is what I want to tell you. But we need to invest in other people, because you know what? Being a disciple 
is a sacrificial lifestyle. Pick up your cross and deny yourself. But I had plans. I was doing errands Friday night. I had a funeral the next day, and I like to get home and go over my notes and everything and, and to decompress. But God said, go talk to this guy. But Lord, I have to do this. I have to go bury my father. We all have excuses. So we need to invest and ask people, can I tell you about my Lord? Can I tell you about my faith? And if they say no, good news, you're off the hook. It's on them. I'm going to ask everybody in this room, when I close in prayer, I want you to say, God, give me one person to talk to this week. One person. Now, I'm thinking, I already got mine, so maybe I'm good till Wednesday night. I don't think that's the case. Are you going to get sweaty? Maybe. Is your heart going to beat? Maybe. Are you going to give them the perfect answer an hour after you see them? Oh, I live there. They ask me questions. I got a great answer for them. Too bad they left an hour earlier. Oh, ask God to give you that opportunity and to pray. Now, let me close. Close your eyes and say this. Our responsibility is to share, for we are messengers name of a Christian group from Ireland, but we are messengers. Would you close your eyes? Lord, do we all have different personalities? Some of us are outgoing. We like crowds. We just love to be surrounded by people. We've never met a conversation we didn't like while others are more reserved. They like the quiet. They like isolation and being alone. Their circle of friends is small and intimate. Lord, help us learn how to use our personalities for your kingdom. And I pray for myself and for everybody in this room that you would give us one person to talk to this week that does not have a relationship with you yet. Lord, it doesn't mean when we share our faith that necessarily going to make a quick decision for you. Some are called to sow seeds. Some are called to water. Some are called to harvest. So, Lord, let us please give us your heart for those who do not know you. Our friends that are in our lives, Lord, if they passed away today, would they spend eternity with you in glory? or in hell. Let that be our viewpoint, Lord, not from a place of condemnation, but from a place of understanding that is what is at stake. I was told years ago as a parent, sometimes you have to love your kids enough to let them hate you. That's not a popular thought, Lord. We want people to like us. That's ingrained within us as human beings. 
But you tell us, Lord, they resisted you. They will resist the message that we give that's about you. Let that not discourage us. Lord, I find so often we get worked up about sharing, but when we do and we walk away, even if we've been ridiculed, we realize that wasn't that bad. Lord, I thank you for New Covenant Community Church. I thank you for the power that is here. You are calling us to jump off that ledge, for you are equipping us. You have strengthened us. The Lord is saying, do not look at the past. That is not what defines you. For when you look to me, I define you. For you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. We are called to be God's mouthpiece for this city of Oswego, to the city of Oswego. We ask for wisdom, we ask for opportunity, and we need to engage. I understand if you're like me, there's going to be times you come to the engagement part and you fall flat on your face and nothing happens. Okay, you pick yourself up, which I've done a multitude of times. Say, Lord, forgive me. Then you realize there's no condemnation, and you go forward and say, Lord, help me be faithful the next time out. Maybe it's inviting somebody to a meeting. Maybe it's just having a cup of coffee with them, and when the time comes, say, hey, let me tell you what helps. As I was able to tell people yesterday, it's a service. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. You see, when you're going through a hard time, Jesus offers you a degree of comfort you can get nowhere else. So, Lord, I thank you for New Covenant Community Church. I thank you that you're giving us a new day. I'm thanking you that you're asking us to move forward, to trust you, to know that you will indeed uphold us in your hands. And, Lord, I pray for everybody who loves you that's in this room, Lord, that we would take that opportunity, as small as it may be, to share your love with somebody else. We're not called to be isolated Christians. We're not called to be hermits or monks up on the hill. We're called to go into the harvest field, which is where we go as soon as we leave these doors. So bless this time, Lord. Let us keep our eyes on you and bless this wonderful group of people. And they all said, amen. Have a great day.